What's going on, everybody? It's Jovan J. Palmer here for Living Blessed, the podcast, the story of the overcomer. I have a special, special, special guest who goes by the name of Dana Truly Inspired Martin. Welcome, Dana. Hey, hey, hey. What's good? What's good? What's going on? Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time out today to pretty much join us and tell us your story. So let's get to it. Who are you? Oh, Lord, that's a loaded question. <laughs> who are you? Oh, my gosh. So I go by the name of Truly Inspired Martin. That name came about because I simply had to learn how to truly inspire myself from within to be the best version of myself. And as good as that name may sound, it really started at a very painful place, right? Because in order for you to get to a place or a mindset where you feel like you have to even inspire yourself from within, that means that something was shook up in the first place, right? So... We'll get into all of that, but I am truly inspired, Martin, native of New Jersey. Hey. Jersey's in my blood. Jersey's in my Brick blood. City? That's where I was born, but I did not graduate high school from Newark. I actually graduated from Belleville, so I don't even know if you know what that is, but it's literally next to Newark. Um, so it's like Good side, like it's the a good side. My mama moved me to oh, the good okay. side so of folks. So you and the people who forgot where they came from. Nah, I ain't never forget where I came from. <laughs> <laughs> I was moved around a little bit, right? So I, okay. I, we we started in North, to where I was born at St. Michael's Hospital in North. Um, then I was in Orange, and I was in Mount Clair, um, and then Bloomfield when I was elementary. <laughs> Been around the world, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I ended up graduating um, middle school and high school in Belleville, New Jersey. Okay, word. So what was it like growing up in Jersey? Um, everyone knows what they see on TV from Boys in the, not Boys in the Hood. New Jersey Drive. Yeah, all that <laughs> stuff. What is it like growing up in Jersey? Man, Jersey, it's, it's so much to talk about because it encompasses so many different parts of who you are, mm-hmm. right? Um you got the good parts, the good food, of course. I still go home. I'm going home next week. Just for a slice of pizza. Just for a slice of some oily, drippy pizza, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I would say there's so many different parts of Jersey for me, especially being that, you know, I moved around a little bit. So I got to I got to have a black friend. Okay. I had to have white friends. And then I have Spanish friends. Like, I was speaking Spanish. Like, oh. you know, like... Uh, <laughs> I really learned how to be a very versatile person, and I accepted everybody for who they were. Um, There were some points in my life, you know, when my mom moved me into, like, a lot bit more, like, better areas, so Mm -hmm. to speak. So I always found myself searching for that other side that I knew was kind of still ingrained in me, like, Mm -hmm. hood. Like, y'all, y'all be talking about me all the time. Like, I'm a little rough, you right? searching for your hood side. I was searching for my hood side again, and like, it was it, because there was certain, like, even when I lived in Orange, like, this was an elementary school age, uh-huh. there was people I hung around then that I was in that environment gotcha, at that gotcha, point. Gotcha. So, okay. it, was a, it was a little rough then, Yeah. right? So, it was certain things about me that was just like, why my mom trying to put me around all this nice stuff you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like i i felt like i i still had some stuff that i i didn't deal with inside myself either yeah. um because you know even dating back because i tell the story all the time which i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we'll get into but i tell the story all the time about how i was gang raped mm. right in middle school when i moved to the nice area Whoa. right but i never really dig deep which this we go into this in the book but mm-hmm. Um, I never really dig deep into what happened before I went to Mount Clair, okay. which was where the gang rate went down, mm-hmm. right? And that was the nicer area. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I lived in Orange, I was also faced in, um, with some issues where I was locked in a laundry room. So so it was a apartment building, right? So mm-hmm. not exactly the nicest apartment building, but there was this dude that I used to talk to, right? I was a little young girl, honor roll student, student council president, hall monitor, like, I'm talking about spelling bee winner. Like, I was your A1 student, right? Yeah. Had this friend I used to hang out with. She wasn't necessarily bad, but she wasn't all the way good. Right. Um, but we used to hang out all the time, and there was this dude I had a crush on. Oh, my God. I ain't even going to name his name, but, <laughs> right? I had a, a crush on this dude, and I'm this little young girl, elementary school, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I'm a geek, yeah. right? I'm a nerd. That's what I used to get called a lot. Um. And this dude, he was rough, man. He was out here selling drugs. 
and all this stuff. Now, mind you, I'm in elementary school around this time. I think I was in fourth, fifth grade, something uh-huh. around there. Um, dude was in middle school, right? So he was high middle school. So yeah. he, I think at this point he was like eighth, ninth grade, something like that. Okay. Like just pushing over into high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was out here in these streets. You know, he was whatever, whatever. So he, for whatever reasons, agreed that he wanted to talk to your girl. So I'm like, yo, this is definitely, this was definitely happening. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So we used to have to sneak to hang out all the time because my mama Jamaican. She ain't with all that. You boys, what? Where? (laughs) Come on. Before the street lights come up. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I was hanging out with that female friend um, because she was talking to one of his homeboys too. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to him and the, the relationship, whatever that was, right? Um, started to get very controlling. Mm. It was certain things that he wanted me to do, and if I didn't do it, it was, I'm going to tell everybody you a hoe. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know what I'm saying? At this right. point in my life, I'm still a virgin. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, these words, you know, they say that sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And right. I always call BS on that, because words do hurt. Yeah, right? Yeah, and people don't look at the overall picture of how that goes for people. So he's telling me that he gonna tell everybody that I done did some stuff that I didn't do. Mm. Now we got a problem. So as a kid, how are you dealing with that? I'm dealing with it as I'm gonna do whatever he say he th- that he wants me to do mm-hmm. at this point, right? Because I was I was always put in these situations where it's like do what I say or else. Gotcha. Right. And I'm like, Mama can't find out about this. Yeah. He can't be going around telling people that I do X, Y, Z because right, he right, had a right. lot of influence. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember we were chilling at that girl's house that day. Um, it was him, his other friend, and the friend she talking to. Mm-hmm. And they locked us in this laundry room together. And he forced himself, um, not only on me, but he also forced his friend on me to have um, oral wow. with his friend. And this, school. this was all, this was in the middle school. This was elementary school. So you're in elementary, but they're in middle, they're in middle school. They're in middle school. Wow. So at this point, this is taking place in there, and she's in the corner with the other dude. I don't know what was taking place over there, but this was, I remember crying mm-hmm. through the whole thing. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, if you're going to be my girl, this is how this is going to go down. Wow. So you're what age? Oh, my God. I wish I could pinpoint the age, but I, I know I was somewhere between, because that school only went up to, I want to say it only went up to fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So, I'm somewhere between fourth and fifth grade at this point. Okay. So, as a survivor of molestation rate myself, I understand your pain. Yeah. So, how did you deal with that growing into who you are now today? So, like, walk us through that journey of a little girl who gained weight by X amount of dudes who can't tell nobody about this because right now you're scared of his influence. You're yeah. scared, you know, to tell your moms because mm-hmm. the fact that is she going to believe it or not, you know, it's, it's a lot going through your head. It has to be. So was, walk yeah. us through that journey um, of what it is. Don't give us too much because I want you to save some for the book. Of course. It's, <laughs> it's in there already, but I mean, but, yeah. yeah. Definitely give us a snippet into that life of what was it like. So, I mean, starting from that age. So remember, now now I'm telling I'm peeling back the layers, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you that this first happened in elementary school on an oral yeah, stance, yeah, yeah. right? So now we, we done move. Because my mom's like, I don't think this area is conducive for you to yeah. really become who you need to be. So words. we moved to... Huh? Big words. Oh, look at that. Conducive. I'm sorry. I am educated. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Go ahead. Conducive. Correct. So we moved to Montclair, right? And uh-huh. this is supposed to be a top-notch area, right? Yeah. And I remember uh, wanting to go to this specific school in Jersey, Glenfield. Mm-hmm. So there's two uh, middle schools in in that particular city that you either you either end up going to Glenfield, which is like a school for performing arts, mm-hmm. which was my thing back then. I used to perform at New Jersey Performing Arts Center. I wrote music. I performed with a lot of different people. Then. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, oh, you ain't never knew that. Been friends for how long? <laughs> Change your friends' wives and people. I, I, I gave I gave up on a lot of that stuff, and there's there's a story mm. to that as well. Okay, um, okay. But I still, to this day, I still write music. Um, okay. I'm teaching myself the guitar. I played the violin for several years. I was very, very good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to perform at New Jersey Performing Arts Center, um, did a couple other shows, uh, performed with Naughty by Nature and um, stuff like that when I was 
very young. So you um, was down with OPP. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> like it okay. was like it was like this thing that we yeah. won, and they allowed us to like perform with you know Naughty by Nature. It was it, it was super dope, right back then in my life. Um, but I had all of that going going on together, and it's like I started at that, then we moved to Mount Clare. So mm-hmm. like I was saying, it's either the performing arts school, right? Yeah. But supposedly that's where all the bad kids was, right? Mm-hmm. And then it was the other school that was up there that was more known for like magnet and tech, um, STEM stuff. So they sent me to the STEM school, and I'm like, well, this ain't, this ain't my thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they, um, my cousin was a cop, uh, in the city, so he was like, no, this is where she needs to go. She'll mm-hmm. be safer here. Okay. So cool. That's how I ended up going to this particular school. Um, and I met some really great friends, people I'm still friends with to this day, crazy, mm-hmm. um, even though I left that school after that one year. Yeah. Um, but even as such, I met this one girl that, you know, my, my family thought was a little fast, mm-hmm. you know, but they trust my judgment. Yeah. So there was this one particular uh, festival that I used to always want to go to, but my family wanted to go with me because it was just like, oh, it's not safe. Um, but this one year, they let me go with the homegirl. Yeah. Um, and I go with the homegirl, whatever, and this whole thing, I, I, to this day, no you know, no hard feelings because I've moved past it. But right. to this day, I still feel like she set that up, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it is what it is. Uh, but I remember being in the park with her, and we were walking around, and then we walked up on these guys. It was three of them. And she was like, you know, flirt with the other guy. It was this tall, dark, chocolate brother, Okay. Yeah. Tall, dark, and chocolate. Right? <laughs> Next. <laughs> I, just saying. Um, and he was talking to me, you know what I'm saying? At this point, I'm in middle school, seventh grade, sixth grade, somewhere in there. I don't remember. I think that was sixth grade. Okay. All these years be looking the same. That's When you be switching schools so many times, like, yo, what grade was I in? Um, but... I'm there with her, and they suggest that we go out to eat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shoot, I'm a young lady. They're about to feed us. And they suggest going to this buffet, yeah. like this real big buffet up up there. And I was like, oh, yeah, we definitely go. And she was like, yo, girl, let's go. I'm like, say no more. So right. we hop in the car with them, and one of the guys in the car says, oh, hold up. We need to stop at home real quick and get our wallet. In my mind, I'm like, Right, you the one suggested food. Right. <laughs> Where's your wallet? <laughs> and uh, it was just, it was just, it was one of those. In that moment, I had that flag. Mm-hmm. Like he has to stop and get his wallet. So I'm looking at her, and she's like, you know, chill, relax. Yeah. Well, I'm like, all right. So we get to the house. So in certain areas in Jersey, it's not unlikely that certain houses look a little shacky, right? Mm-hmm. A little janky or whatever. And so the front of this house was boarded up, right? Um, and they entered from the back, which which can be a little shady, mm-hmm. but can also be normal, too, because a lot of people either live in basement apartments or they live upward right, in the right, back, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm st- now I'm looking at the boards in the front, and I'm like, yo, what is, what is this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What's going on? So they pull up in the back, and they're like, yeah, we're about to go get our wallet. Y'all just come with us real quick. And I look at her again, and I said... They're just here for a wallet. Like, why we got to go inside, you know? Right. She's like, yo, Danny, just chill. Yo. I was like, relax. Dude, ain't nothing about to happen. And I knew in that moment something was about to happen because it just felt weird. But I'm I'm trusting my friend. Yeah, She's like, yeah, yeah. yo, just relax. I'm like, all right, mind you, I'm still nerdy mm-hmm. on the low, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, maybe I'm just overreacting. Right, right. So we go upstairs, sit down. It looks kind of... It looks like somebody lived here, but not for real. Yeah. Right? Um, so, 15, 20 minutes into being in there. Mind you, it's only supposed to be a wallet, so I don't know why we here this long. But fast forward, that night was when I was gang raped by two of the men there. Again. This time, sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was pinned down to this table, and I'm screaming. And I'm, and I'm telling her, like, come help me. Come help me. She never came. Nobody came. They just laughing. I, I I remember. I still remember this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And we came out the room, and I'm just sitting on the couch, and I'm crying, and I'm ready to go. And she comes out the room, laughing, 
with a white t-shirt on, I assume it was the guys, with blood on it. And I'm saying to myself, she was like, yo, girl, you all right? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I remember I was supposed to be home that day at like 9 p.m. And I did not get home until midnight. Wow. Now, my mom trusted me to be back. She, My call, my phone was blown up. I had the, the, the Nokia, mm-hmm. the block Nokia back then. So I remember that thing was just going off, going off, going off. And I, I was never able to pick up. I remember she showed up at that friend's house, dragged me out of that house, mm-hmm. and took me directly to the hospital. Because I guess a mother knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that that right there was just, that was the, all of these things I'm telling you is just a build up to who I am, right, right? right? I went from this person knowing and being so sure of myself, even at a young age. I knew that I academically I had it together. Yeah. I knew that my father wasn't in the house per se. He wasn't present, but he still had a presence, yeah, yeah, so to yeah. speak. Um, so I still knew who he was. We still had conversations. My mom would still send me there during the summers, but we never mm-hmm. had a relationship that I, I believed we needed to cultivate. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. at that point, it was kind of just like, mama's doing what she got to do. She working three jobs. She doing. I ain't never wanted for anything in my life. And that's why to this day, I grind as hard as I do because I realize that I have never been homeless. I don't really know what poor feels like, mm-hmm. you know, um, not to not to that extent, not to say we were wealthy, but we weren't, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was just one of those things where I'm I'm starting to realize, like, I became, I would, at one point I was this woman that was, young lady rather, that was sure of herself, that, that knew my power, that knew what I had. Then I went into this place of this boy had so much power over me that I feel, I almost felt like I allowed him to control the situation and demean me then i go into another city with which is supposed to be completely different right Mm -hmm. supposed to be a better environment and it's not to blame my mother or anything for moving me yeah it's saying what is going on what are these patterns right and then we go through this situation so now after this one year of being in this school i've now transitioned out to another area Mm -hmm. which is where i ended up graduating from but what happened was after i left there and we went to Belleville now, mm-hmm. right? Belleville Middle School. And I remember being just, I went from this happy, joyous person yeah. to like, I don't mess with none of y'all. Right, right. Like my guard is up. I don't like, I was fighting dudes in middle school. Like, I think it was like my first month there, I got into a fight with this dude. Dang. Slammed him against the locker. We going back and forth. So that right now you're pretty much, you're triggered by anything. Now I'm knows. triggered. Now I'm angry. Yeah, yeah. Now every little thing is kind of like, I don't even know if I can rock with you like that. Right, Like, right. Like, I really want to be your friend, girl, but it's hard. So you, so it's not, so now you're having trouble trusting both sexes. Both. Dang. Because I already felt like I was set up twice. Right, right. And now I already know that men's motives is kind of sticky. Yeah, Right? Yeah. So now I'm kind of just like, I'm going to just stay to myself. I'm here to get this degree, get this diploma, whatever you want to call it, and get the hell on. Right. And that's where I was in my mentality. And I realized that even even after, like, growing friendships and cultivating friendships, and mm-hmm. we all went to high school, graduated, I love all y'all, you know? Right, right. But then I left there because I had to get the heck up out of Jersey. And I remember applying to every college on earth that was not in Jersey. I did yeah. not apply to not one school in Jersey because I knew that my environment was not conducive to me being who I am today. And I say all that to say that sometimes you can either be a product of your environment Mm -hmm. or a product of your environment. Right. And what that means is negative or positive. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can choose to, and that's what I have to grow into. Like, even if I would have stayed in Jersey, although my environment might have been set up for me to fail or set up for me to be stuck or stagnant in where I was, there was something that I could have done internally that would have changed the game for me. So mm-hmm. I could have stayed in Jersey and still been truly inspired Martin today. Okay. But sometimes it's important for you to remove yourself from the demons that are attached to you. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it took for me. I had to say, yo, bro, this ain't going to work. Jersey, I love you, but I'm out. And as soon as I got the approval letter to go to Clark Atlanta University, which mm-hmm. was my first choice, but I remember it was the last letter I got, <laughs> they sent me an email. Okay. okay, it did not come in. Ele- I was pissed. I'm like, oh man, I'm about to just go ahead and go to uh, where was I about to go? South Carolina State or something. Ooh. Right, that's what it would have been. Mm-hmm. But there was a reason why I was gonna go there because I had a high school sweetheart, 
and he went to Claflin, which was uh, right next door. Yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna make the move for him. Okay. Um, thank God I didn't do that. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I remember seeing that email that said you're accepted, and it was a joyous moment. I left and I came here, but I came here with all my baggage. Right. Unknowingly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I knew that I was getting away, but I came here with all my baggage. Mm-hmm. So I had my first domestic violent relationship while I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I had my second domestic violent relationship right out of graduating college. Um, first time I tried to commit suicide was my freshman year of college. The first time. The first time. So there's more behind that. The second time. It's only twice. The second time was in the midst of that second domestic violent relationship. And you're how old right now? I am 30. I have, to get, I have to think about that. Lord. I am 30. <laughs> I'll be 31 in December. Yes, I am 30. So 30 years. So when did when did the, some when did it click for you that you know what I can't be what I used to be? Like what I not what you used to be, but what you carry. When did it say, you know what, enough is enough. It's time for me to become truly inspired, Mark. See, the funny thing about it all, right, is I honestly believe that I only became who I already was. Mm-hmm. There was something that was already embedded in me that said that you deserve greater. Yeah. You know that you need to be greater. Mm -hmm. But when I realized that it was time for me to utilize my voice to save and help other women Mm -hmm. was when I was able to actually free myself from my own mess. Okay. It was when I was, I was okay with being Mm -hmm. unapologetically me. Right. It was okay. Um, I think it really came down to when I mistakenly told my story. Mm. Right. Um, Because I started speaking around like 2013. Um, and I remember I was kind of like just flowing through it. I was talking about some stuff like real surface level, right? Like, yeah, you know, I went through some stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then I said, but when I was in that first blah, 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 you know what I'm saying? It was just like, oh shoot. I just told, I just told all all my business. And a lot of people did not understand that. Yeah. They were like, yo, why are you out here telling people all your business? Right, because right, it's no longer about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we come from a community where, you know, what happens in this mm-hmm. house stays in this house. Hell yeah. You know, you don't tell your business, all that type of yep. stuff. So as a black community, it's like, okay, you don't do that. Yeah. So now you're getting shamed and backlash for telling your story. Shamed and backlash. And, and that, in all honesty, right, so... A lot of people know I've been talking about this book. I had the title for the book years ago. Okay. Okay. The, the title ain't never changed. Oh. The book cover idea has been in my head since 2014. Right, right. 2015. So all, all of this has been in the works. All of this has been in the works, but something had to happen <clears throat> inside of me. Something, even though I've been out here telling the story and all that stuff, there's yeah. something that happens when you come to terms with stuff. And I'm going to put it like this. I had to actually go back and mend the relationship with my father. I can't tell y'all about getting through certain things in your life if I have not completely gotten through them. I had to sit down and have those painful conversations with my father via phone, Mm -hmm. right? And let him know that you were never the father I needed you to be. Like, and let him know those real pivotal moments in my life that really took place Mm -hmm. where I feel that he failed. So what was it like having that conversation? Because I'm sure that somebody who's listening to this right now is saying, yo, I need to go back and have a conversation with moms or pops or my brother, sister, or even an old friend or boyfriend, somebody right. they just need to release something to or from. Like, what was it like having that conversation? It was heavy. Okay. It was definitely heavy. Um, I don't even know if he knew just how heavy it was because I honestly feel like when it was when it was coming out of me, yeah. it was a burden being lifted. Right. And right, it's right. not because he can go back in time and fix what I need of him to fix because time time is done right but it's almost like what do we do from here i started having these thoughts in my head like damn do i really want my father to die Mm. tomorrow yeah and i have all this malice all this hurt all this pain and i don't try to do something with what we have now going forward and i think a lot of times us as people in general we are harvesting and we are holding on to so much pain mm-hmm. and sometimes the other person is unaware of that pain right but right, you're right. mad about it yeah and you're continuously just you just want them to just do yeah but they don't even know what they didn't do in the first place mm-hmm. so having that conversation and it, it was kind of like a slide by night conversation because it right. was just kind of like yeah we were talking about some stuff and i still felt angry while talking to him like mm-hmm you ain't never, you know, like, I had, 
Like he over here telling me what I need to be doing on yeah, the phone, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, you ain't never taught me how to do that. I ain't never knew a dude wasn't supposed to, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And and it was it was a click for me because uh-huh. it was kind of just like. I'm tired of these conversations. Yeah. I'm tired of feeling like I'm always mad at you or mm-hmm. bitter or whatever on the phone. So it was it was me saying, I really need to talk to you about something. Gotcha. And you might not like what I'm about to say. Uh-huh. But I said, if I don't do this, we're never going to be able to get past it. Okay. And I literally laid out everything. And I, I, I heard him sniffle a little bit like yeah, he cried yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think he didn't realize just how bad it hurt me. Right. Yeah. And... I didn't understand how combative mm-hmm. and how, I don't want to say bad, but how bad, right, yeah. um, I've been to him mm-hmm. because of the pain that I had since childhood. Mm-hmm. And I brought that into my mid-20s, yeah. you know? And I was wondering why I was having all these issues with men. I was wondering why I was having all these internal issues with myself. It's because I never dealt with certain pain points. Mm-hmm. And going back to the source of stuff, funny story is I was able to freely finish the book mm. after I fixed that relationship and I ended up having my first lit event in 2017 was in Jersey, mm. right? Mm-hmm. In <laughs> in the, uh, so it's a park. Remember I told you it was at a festival? Yeah. Same park. Wow. In the, what do you call that? Like the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having the event in the clubhouse at the park where I was first gang raped. Um, so what was it like going back Whew. to that scene? Like, you know, it, it had to bring up so many memories, so many feelings. Oh, it was tears. so like, that, that's Yo, I bawled. Like, I was telling... I was telling the story, and I think the moment when it came full circle that I was actually there... Mm-hmm. Um, was when the event started and it was my turn to speak because I yeah. had other speakers too. Right, right. And it was my turn to speak and I'm looking and I'm saying, wait a, wait the heck a minute, um, yeah. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And it was so painful to me because I'm in that moment of saying, yo, like, I'm here where it began. So now I'm telling that story without names, of course, but I'm telling that story to people um, in this room. And the funny part about that, right, was a lot of the people that were in that room never knew that about me. Wow. Um, and it was a mixture of my friends from Belleville and my friends from middle school at that point when it happened. Dang. They came out. People I ain't seen since then. Mm-hmm. And they heard the story and they were completely just taken back. Yeah. Because people didn't know why I act a certain way or why I'm always on the defense, or why I started becoming a live wire. Yeah. Because at, at, even after some of those points, I started sleeping around, if we be real. Yeah, right? Yeah. I started becoming very promiscuous, mm-hmm. and I was just trying to find that boy that would say he loved me. Right, right, right. Right? And I think they didn't understand why Dana was always like, shoot, we out of school? All right, I'm about to hop on this bus and go see this dude somewhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But my mom think I'm across the street. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, my friends was, like, my cover-ups forever, okay? Um, And it was me. I was in search of something. And I was in search of it for years and years and years, really up until my man I'm with now. Mm. Um, Because even dude before him was, you know, a domestic violent relationship. And that that whole situation, he don't look like what I want. He ain't what I want. He didn't really possess qualities that I wanted, but he was so into me Uh and my bills was paid by him. And, you know, just all these other things that I was so wrapped up in what it looked like that I wasn't looking at stuff for the core. And I started to realize that I was falling for the same type of guys, Mm -hmm. even if they look different, but they had something at the core that was the same from my childhood. Mm -hmm. And I had to really come to terms with saying, you know what, there's there's things in me that believe that I'm not worthy. Yeah, yeah. There's things in me that I never dealt with. And until I was able to really like mend those relationships and talk to myself, mm-hmm. right? Um, I recommend therapy to anybody, right? I'm about to start going back to therapy now. And it's not right, right. necessarily because something wrong with me, but I just want to make sure that I don't have nothing wrong yeah, going yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people look at therapy as, oh man, she's crazy. Yeah. Or he crazy. I or they therapy. going through stuff. Listen, therapy. I need to come yeah. lay on your couch. <laughs> And kick my feet up and tell you about how good or bad my life is right now. Or the stuff. 
And sometimes it's probably stuff that I'm saying that I dealt with right now until mm-hmm. until that nerve get hit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. shoot. Because people don't realize that, you know, you can go through therapy. No, not, no, no. People don't realize that the triggers are still there. Yes. You can think that, you know what, you're over a certain thing. And that, that's my third. Like, for me, it's, I don't like being tickled because that's how my molestation started. Wow. So it's my tickles me. I'm triggered, and I was at work one day. Some girl, she tri- she took me from the back, and I almost slapped her dead in her face. Oh, shoot. yeah. So people don't realize the triggers are still there, but it's yeah. pretty much learning how to deal with your triggers. So if somebody t- like says somebody tickles me, I know how to take a deep breath and just woosah real quick, right? And go on with my day. And then of course I'm going to the therapist because I'm saying, yo, I was triggered this weekend. I need to talk it. I need to hash yeah. it out real quick. So yeah, people don't realize you know triggers still live. But let's talk about therapy. You know how was it for you? So, the only therapy I've done is when I was actually in a relationship. Okay. So, funny story. Um, I have not gone and done therapy since. Mm. My therapy, um, I've done, like, YouTube. Mm. Like, I've watched certain things. I journal a lot. Yeah, a lot of my therapy be speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I be getting it out there. Right, And right. that's why I'm not scared to be real and raw with everything that mm-hmm. I say because... I'm cool with my story. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with where I am now. But the therapy that I did, because Dana was just so stupid. <laughs> the therapy I did was uh, with old boy that I was in a domestic violent relationship. What I'm telling you that domestic violence goes beyond the hands. Yeah. They put their hands around your mind. You mm. know, so I remember um, I couldn't say God around him. Um, couldn't go to church. Uh-huh. Um, and I ain't really churchy now. Like, I grew up in the church. I was yeah, a liturgical yeah. dancer, taught Sunday school, all of that. Uh-huh. Like, that type of shit. Uh, but me now, I always, you know, the church is in me. I'm going to just put it like that. Praise God. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not necessarily churchy, but yeah, yeah. I listen to my gospel. I'm going to uh-huh. talk about God. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you how I feel about what God done did for me. Praise yeah, yeah, him, yeah. blah, 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 right? Um, I couldn't do that around him. Wow. Um, and so it was, I was in spiritual captivity, mental captivity. Um, it was it was a whole bunch of stuff that surrounded that, that whole situation. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, this man had this hold on me, right? And I was like, nah, because he tried to leave and I begged him to stay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> and we were like, okay, let's try therapy, right? Mm-hmm. And we go to therapy. I'm laughing because I can remember all this stuff in my head. We go to therapy, black therapist, shout out to her on the South Side. Um, we go to therapy, sit on the couch, and she's like, all right, so tell me what, you know, what's going on with y'all. And the stuff that was coming up out his mouth, it was just like, I had, you know, like just, just little stuff. Like yeah. I had a, uh, every time I cheated on her, I used a condom. Um, just, yeah, like, every time. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, okay, every time. Quite frank with okay, it. Okay, right? He was just like, I I, I told her that I, I really want to be in no relationship no more, but she wants to make it happen, and I don't necessarily don't want to be with her because I love her, but, I mean, I'm going to do me. Yeah. Like, and, and the conversations, and she's looking at me because yeah. I am I look broken, and she's looking at me, and she was like, do you hear what he's saying? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm still trying to figure out how we can make this work. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, do you hear what he is saying? And I'm just saying, uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I still want this to work. Right. So she looks at him. And this is a message for ladies right now. Mm. She looks at him. She straight up looks at him and says, do you want to be with her? He said, no. When I say my heart sunk to my booty, to where? My booty. Because I don't, I don't know if I can cuss on here. You know my mouth filthy. No, we were all transparent this thing. All right, so it fell to my ass. Uh, there we go. There we go. Free yourself up. All right. Um, and I was just sitting there, and I was so hurt. I was so broken. Tears just flooded my face because I heard him say it before. Mm-hmm. But he said it in front of somebody else now. Yeah, so and he said it so I'm embarrassed too but he said it so straightforward and every word she said to me that day has stayed in my mind till forever she said I know you don't want to believe what he just said she was like but when a man tells you about what he 
believes what he is, who he is, believe him. Yeah. He's not saying that because he's just mad at you right now. Mm-hmm. She said, this isn't even the first time he said that to you. Therefore, it's for real. Mm-hmm. She's like, so what are you willing to do right now? And in my brokenness, I said, I'm just here to fix it. Yeah. And he turned to me and then turned to her and said, how can we fix it? And this is what I'm talking about for ladies. He playing a game now because he's doing this little ringer. He just said he don't want to be with me. But what he wants is he wants me and his cake and everything else, right? And what it told me was I was such at a place of brokenness that I forgot my freaking worth. Yeah, yeah. And I was just sitting there begging for some man to be with me that clearly just said he doesn't want to. I was clearly allowing somebody to put their hands on me. I was allowing them to force me to have sex with them all the time and force me to do acts that I did not want to do. I was with somebody that was constantly having sex with other women and then coming home to me, which he did end up giving me an STD. And that is when I decided to leave. When I realized that if, if this time it was curable, but how about next time? Right, right, right. So you think a lot of that was stemming from the relationship with you and your father? Like, you said daddy was present, but he wasn't present. So it's like, you know, you didn't really get how a lady should be treated, you know, what you should shy, what you not should shy away from, yeah. stay away from, and all that types of stuff. You know, I, so it's I like you deal with daddy issues at the point now. I was dealing with daddy issues my whole life, though. Mm-hmm. But it just came, I came to terms with it Yeah. around yeah. around like around those early is. 20s. Right. And I think I think that that's, that's the thing, right? So your mama teaches you a whole lot. Yeah. My mom was teaching me so much about, like, the resilience that I got now, mama all day. Yeah. Like, I know how to push through anything. I know how to get stuff done. I am the queen of getting it done regardless of what life looks like, right? Right, right, right. Uh, My mom taught me so many, you know, things about how a lady is supposed to act and how, you know, how, how a mother is supposed to teach their daughter stuff. Yeah. But... There was those things that were missing from my father. Right, right, right. I I needed lessons. Mm-hmm. I needed you to tell. I'm your only girl. I'm your only daughter. I'm mm-hmm. the only child on both sides. So I needed him to give me a blueprint, so to yeah. speak. I needed some kind of like sometimes I listen to some of my friends that had their you know father and mother in the house all the time, and I'm like, damn, what does that feel like? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I and it's it not to fault my mother or no, nothing no, no, like no, that. No. It's just to say, yeah. you know. The, the just the stuff, the knowledge that they have, I'm like, damn. Yeah. I wish I would have known that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would have been avoided. Or maybe this was my path regardless. Yeah, you yeah. know, who's to say? But I feel like there was just certain things that he didn't teach me. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm grown, right? And when you get to a point of clarity like this, you'll realize like sometimes your parents can only teach you as far as they know. That's true. My parent both my parents' parents died when they were kids. Mm. But they out here surviving themselves. They out here surviving themselves and, and learning from either sisters and brothers. Yeah. Or or self taught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not to say that I'm I'm giving him a pass, right? Yeah. Because bruh, you can go read a book. Hello. You can go watch Maury or something yeah. to see how they act <laughs> and know how not to act, exactly. right? Yeah, like yeah. there's so many there's so many other angles that that can come from. But if I look at the core, mm-hmm. I can't fault him all the way for not being the picture mm-hmm. of the ideal father if he did not have all of that in his life as well. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Got you. So you're in Clark doing your thing. Went to the wrong HBCU. Pause. Pause. You could have went to Winston-Salem State University. Why would I do that? It's the best university. I'm sorry. It's the best HBCU in the land. Oh, baddest band in the land. I mean, y'all band is sick. I, I mean, I give y'all, I give y'all just about that. Our nursing program is prestige. Okay, who's going there for nursing? I mean, who? I wasn't going for nursing. What, what you going first of First of all, school? if we want to keep it a hundred, uh-huh, uh-huh. a hundred, uh-huh, uh-huh. a hundred, uh-huh. I went to Clark Atlanta for the wrong thing. Yeah, I just went to Clark Atlanta just to go to Clark Atlanta. But I'm saying my degree that ain't what Clark is for. I went. I got a bachelor's in criminal justice. Criminal justice. Yes, that is and not you're what. You're an entrepreneur in focusing in what area? <laughs> Watch your mouth. But... You're, you're an entrepreneur now. Nah, right? but but okay. So I'm gonna let you into a little insight, right? Okay. Yeah. So I am an entrepreneur, right? But, comma, 
(laughs) (laughs) I am, so with my degree, I've always had a heart for people that have been in the system that can't get jobs when they come out. Okay. Um, And I've also been real big on, you know, trying to help people to get back on their feet afterwards. So I went to Clark Atlanta to become a FBI agent. Right? Oh, I wanted to work for the feds. I actually um, had applied and everything. I actually had I interned at the EPA downtown in Atlanta. The what? EPA. Everybody don't know what the EPA is. Environmental Either. Protection Agency. Okay, thank you. All right, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "And eh, this ain't it." Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not with all this right okay. here. Um, but I wanted, um, I wanted to work for the feds. Um, but when I got out of college and the stuff they wanted you to have in order to be a... I'm like, bro, y'all know I was in college this whole time, yeah, right? 10,000 credits. Right. <laughs> Not a 10,000 credits. <laughs> nah, but they wanted you to have all this working experience and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah. So then the only places that were trying to hire me was like APD, mm-hmm. the uh, sheriff's office. Like, um, I had got a job offer from DOJ, Department of Juvenile Justice. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, nah, 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 nah. This this isn't what I had in mind when I was going into criminal justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and my stepmother, she's a judge uh, in Chicago. And she wanted me to be a judge so bad. I'm like, nah, this, that ain't it. No. That's not what I want to do either. So I took a step back and I started pursuing a master's in business management concentration entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I realized is that I can still utilize this degree yeah. on this level. Okay. So now I'm working on going into prisons mm-hmm. and helping them to put together recidivism programs and just different things that can help them to get real jobs. Right, right, right. Okay, because the people because the people can get a job yeah. when they get up out of prison. Not a lot of options, but I want to increase that. Mm-hmm. I want to make it where it's, no, you don't have to go work at McDonald's. If you want to go work at a Fortune 500, we're going to make a pathway to allow you to get in there okay. so you can live a real life. Because a lot of these people, especially like drug charges and stuff, they end up back in the system because y'all put them in a place where they can't get no real jobs, yeah. right? They end up having to have to go and do some things strange for some change, <laughs> okay? <laughs> they end up having to have to go do some things that put them right back in everything's illegal activity. And now you wonder why this person is back in the system because they don't know how to get up out of the crap y'all done put them in. Right? So I feel like you need to really start to give people a real chance. And I don't think people know what a real chance is. They're like, oh, you can get a job. Mm -hmm. Nah, but are they going to be able to pay their bills? Right. They got kids. They're going to be able to pay child support because y'all going to garnish all that. I've seen people left with $5 on their check. And that's the stuff that hurts me because I'm just like, there's got to be a way that I can combine all this HR experience that mm-hmm. I have for these past 12 years, right? Yeah. And put that together with criminal justice mm-hmm. and make a difference. Okay. And that's where I say being able to create a recruiting slash staffing agency that is specifically geared towards helping those people. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. That's dope. So let's talk about your entrepreneurship life. Hey, since I've known you, yeah, you ain't never had a job. You a lie. <laughs> That's a lie because I've worked for some Fortune 500 I'm companies. Right. So you are a whole lie. I'm just trying to make you think you're the female Tommy. Ah, but nah. Um, let's talk about. No job. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no job. You Jamaican, so you always got ten, you got ten jobs. I'm about to say run that. You right. know that. <laughs> you don't know. Well, I'm back to back to you a hater. <laughs> I am. Low-key. Low so, what is, like, what are you? Who are you? Like, what's the what's the entrepreneurship lifestyle that you live right now? You First talk? of all, mm-hmm. I just want to say that I... Oh. <laughs> I was awarded the Young Entrepreneur of the Year, okay, okay. by Canada's Woman on Fire. Oh, right? you international. Okay, hello. Mm. So, I'm not saying that to brag. What I'm saying that is... I'm doing something that's already ingrained in my blood. And sometimes I think we try to veer away from who we are at the mm-hmm. core. And this is why I say that my mom has always worked. Mm-hmm. Worked. Okay. She's Jamaican, Jamaican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, my mom's always been in like the nursing field. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's been her thing. But my dad, as much as the relationship wasn't always there. My dad has been an entrepreneur damn near his entire life. Mm. Okay. 
Um, he was the youngest journalist in Jamaica. Wow. Um, yep. Yeah, like 15. Youngest journalist in Jamaica. Um, had written for like huge, huge publications and has done all of this stuff. And now for the past 30 some odd years, before I was born, mm-hmm. he had the International Festival of Life, the Chicago Music Awards. Um, it's a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. The jerk, now he has the Jerk and Vegan Festival. Yes, that's happening September 7th. Where? Through the night. Where? Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just hop on a plane real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Chicago Music Awards, International Festival of Life. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've seen that. Yeah, your regardless of regardless of yeah. him getting on my nerves, regardless of us not having no relationship, mm-hmm. he used to still make me work in the office when I came in the summers. Wow! So I seen all of that, mm-hmm. but he also, you know, because for the past several years, we good, good, right? Yeah. We talk, we talk and stuff, and I serve on his board and everything. Um, but we like. I always tell him, like, because he's like, yo, what are you doing now? Like, you know, I'm real proud of what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And I tell him, and he's just like, it's almost like he tries to veer me away from entrepreneurship. Because you know how tough it is. He knows how tough it is. And he tells me all the time, he's like, I don't I don't really want this for you. Yeah. You know, like, I, he was like, like, I want you to go get, go get, do a good job. Get the 401k. Right, get right. the yeah. Get the security behind mm-hmm. you. And although so many times I try. Uh, <laughs> sound like oh, a testimony. <laughs> oh no! But let's let's not get it twisted. Uh-huh. I'm not one of them people that's against the job. Yeah, of course. That's the job. Shoot, listen. I'm looking right now for the for the for the right for the right job. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm also not one of those people that just jump into anything. Yeah. Um, I gotta feel like I'm thriving there. I mm-hmm. gotta feel like I'm moving there. Most you're, of my you wanna be an asset. I want to be an asset, yeah. and I want to really, truly utilize my skills. Most mm-hmm. of my positions, thank God, have been remote. Okay. Um. So, like, throughout my whole period of life. Can't beat that. Um, so, a lot of that stuff right there has taught me just so many different things. And I think a lot of people look at the jobs that they're working, and they're not extracting the lesson from everything. Mm. I don't care if you don't work at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. You There is something to take from that. Right, right. There is something to learn about how to or to not do mm-hmm. customer service. There's things on how you know how to build a brand where people are flooded to all the time, even if yeah. it's trash. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Right? Like, we're being honest. Like, there, there are certain things that you learn from each thing, and one thing that I can say is that every time I step into a door where I am working for a new brand, a new company, whatever, I am extra. I am there to get what I'm here for, and I'm not one of those people that. That's why when you know, like when you be in the interview, mm-hmm. and I, I hope my face don't be showing that junk all the time. But when you be in the interview and they're like, "Yeah, these are the benefits that we give you. You get a 401k. And yeah, you get a good retirement plan, and blah blah blah." That don't move me. As it should. None of that stuff moves me. Yeah. And I think sometimes they 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 expect a different reaction from me. Like, oh, I get what? Like medical? Hell yeah, I'm gonna take that. Oh, right, right, right. I'm right. smart now. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me run that. Yeah. Run that. I'm gonna need you to run that. But when it comes down to the stuff like what they think used to get them back in the day. Yeah. Millennials. Nah, generation we Z. We nobody. Nah. Because we know it's possible that we can go out there and get it. Like, you know, I can go and make. Yeah. Now I know it's like, you know, what I've learned since I've been doing this entrepreneurship thing is that if I need some money, I can go and get it. Instead of not having to wait till every other Friday to get the paycheck. Mm. Like, if I don't, you know, been stupid with my money, I know I can go go speak real quick. I can go flip. I can go sell some t-shirts. I can go do something to make some money. So it's like, you know, we're not moved by that. You know, that's, I, I I love that about you because it's like, People need to hear, like, you know, that though this job is offering you X, Y, and Z, they're not going to offer you what you work. And never. Never. You can go out here and determine that, like, on your own. Yeah. Like, I've been more, and you right. You know, you was a hater when you said it. But um, I've, been, <laughs> I've been a lot more laid off than paid by a company. But the thing is, like, I would never know. And like, that's how you supposed to listen. I would never know that Dana laid off. Like you told me last time, you ain't had a job. Like what? Like, <laughs> you be driving here like first thing in the morning. You still live a normal life. You go to networking joints. You know, 
you eating. Uh, you ain't never missed a meal. Oh, I God. never heard you say, I'm missing the meal. I need some money. Yeah, let me hold five. I've never heard that from you. So obviously something's working for you. And you you'll never hear me ask for it. Even if I even if I legit need it, mm-hmm. I've I've started learning to ask when I need. Yeah, yeah. Um but I also know that I only do that when I've exhausted every option. And the crazy thing is on my back that you off, but nah, you, you throwing events without a job right now. <laughs> but God. Like you how many events have you thrown this year alone? This alone four? Four. And then you still attending paid events that you gotta pay for to get into. Paid events that I gotta pay to get into. Because when 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 it means that much to you, mm-hmm. when you're that next level is not gonna happen on every free thing. Right, right. right? That's true. So I've <laughs> I'll be making sacrifices. Like you be legit. everywhere. Cause when I pull up, you already get already there. Text me, say, yo, save me a seat. Or like, yo, I'm on the way. But you also got to be creative on how you get into the room. Yeah, so one of the biggest things that I talk about all the time, um, nothing means more to me than relationships. Right, right, right. Relationships are huge to me. And I don't play when it comes to my name. Yeah. So if I tell somebody like, yo, I'm putting you in touch with this person Mm -hmm. through me, bruh, if you mess up one time, it's a wrap. Yeah. Because one thing that I know for a fact, and I can put my hand on a Bible right now, like my name is good in these streets. And it's not to be funny or cocky about it. It's nah. just the type of person I am. I can attest to that because you know everybody. I've been talking to somebody. And like, what up, Dana? I'm like, hey, <laughs> uh, no, okay. I'm big on relationships. Yeah. And I had to learn that relationships drive everything. Yeah, like some of the yeah. rooms that some people have seen me in mm-hmm. that you probably have to pay 500 to get into, I ain't paid to get into. And it's not to be funny, nah, but nah. it's because I'm either there to serve. Right. Or I have built and cultivated a relationship with that person that they see the worth in me and they mm-hmm. see the direction that I'm going right, right. and how bad I want to yeah, go up. So, I'm so, yo, hungry. Yo, just pull up. Pull up. I've been there before. Like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I I was like, before I've gotten to this circle that we all right. in right now, it's just, I was paying this stuff. I just want to pay because that's just too expensive. I can't afford it right, right. now. So we're at the point now, it's just like, yo, pull up. I'm like, just pull up. There's something yeah. that changes when they realize not only what your worth is, but they realize that you want this just as bad as you say mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. Because I be telling you all the time, like a lot of people say how bad they want it. They want to be, but they don't want to do. Right, right. And I've been building this junk yeah. brick because by brick. It's because it's work behind it. Like people don't see. Like, you know, when I started doing all the stuff I'm doing now, I was doing a lot of stuff I was doing for free. Hell yeah. Like, I mean, working like 24 hours with people. Yeah. I mean, not getting no sleep, going home. Take a shower real quick and get right back up to help them same people. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, I'm getting paid for it now. Yeah. And it's like people don't realize, like, you know, it's okay to serve. It's okay to be 30, 40, and 50 years old still volunteering. People got the game, like, just screwed up. They just want so bad. Yeah, they yeah. just want so bad. And I get it. Get your money. Do what you do. Yeah, I'm not mad right? at like, but, but there's certain circles. Mm-hmm. There's certain people to this day that I will do everything and anything that they ask of mm-hmm. me because I know where their heart is. Yep. And and I think we need to make this part very clear. Mm-hmm. Don't serve and don't do just because you are requiring or expecting right, something right, in right, return. Right, right. I would say like at least 99.9% of the stuff I do for people, I don't expect nothing because nothing. people would be asking me in the background like, okay, did they... Um, so did they put you on yet? Yeah, did yeah, they right. put me on? No, you doing it? Oh, they order reaction. You doing it for free? You ain't getting paid? Like that? They don't understand what the true value yeah. is. A lot of people are so focused on right now that they don't see what comes in, in the, the future. future. Yeah. Like there's relationships that I have right now. Like people that you know, me and you both know, and mm-hmm. they're like, yo, you hang around this person. You like they didn't do right. X, you y, and Z by, X, y, and Z by now. And they don't realize the value that you're getting. Like, you know, since I've been kicking it with, you know, cast that I've been, I kick it with now that you right. know, they've helped me become a better version of me. They've Period. been seeing so much stuff in me that I haven't seen yet. And they're still seeing stuff that I haven't seen yet. You know, to the point where they put me in this, you know, hit up this person. All right. Hit up that person. All right. Relationship is just crazy. They don't realize, you know, though I'm not getting paid monetarily. Right. The value of the relationship that they're putting in my hands is what's paying me because I'm learning so much. I've been to so many events to where it's costing cats thousands of dollars to be in, and I'm sitting in joints for free. 
I be in my notepad, my phone. Yep. You know, and you better utilize stuff. that opportunity. You, yeah, every time. Every time. I'm networking. And I get an opportunity to network because I yep. come, I pull up my camera. Yeah. I pull up with something that shows, yo, I'm not just here just, I'm to, not be, just, here. just to be, you know, just to be freeloading and leeching. I'm here because, yo, I want to also provide something to either you or the people in your audience because they paid to be here. So I, And I got here in here for free. Yeah. So I still want to be of value to your people that you are serving. And I be trying to tell, like, folks, like, yo, if you rock with me, if you, like, for real rock with me, you mm-hmm. gonna win. Yeah. Everything attached to me wins. Yep, and yep, that, yep. and that's just how, that's just how I feel the game is supposed to go. Like, it's not supposed to just be a whole bunch of take, 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 give, give, give. Like, I always want to make sure that my people is taken care of. Like, if, if somebody asks about something that they need done, I'm gonna plug that person first. Because I realize that through my network and through those relationships, relationships are going to continuously get built. And I think so many times people are just so stuck in what do I get right now? And the whole right now is what gets people just real stuck. They get real stuck without any direction. They get real stuck just saying, okay, if I'm not getting paid for this right now, then there's no benefit. And I think that's, I used to be like that. So if I'm keeping it 100, I used to be like that. Like, I used to be like, yo, where, where, where the change at? Where the money at? Where do I, where do I see the real true benefit from this? And until I started to realize that, you know what? I'm just going to be the type of leader that I want to be, or I'm going to be the type of leader that I want in other people, mm-hmm. right? So that servant leadership yeah. is so, so, so key. And till this day, to this day, right? I I will always shout out two important people. There's a long list. Yeah, we all got a of, list of, yeah, uh, yeah. of important people, but the two people that saw the potential in me truly, like it was all it always been there. Remember, yeah. I said you always have been who you will need to become. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the two people that have extracted that shit out of me, mm-hmm. and I will forever be grateful. David Chance. Yeah, yeah, that's my guy. And Kendall Ficklin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kendall Ficklin took the dog up out of me. And I use that word because some people say that my speaking style as a woman is unorthodox. Because I'm kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Right? But I'm very raw. Um, and that's who I am. Yeah. And Kendall saw that in me mm-hmm. and refined that and told me that there was something greater in there. Mm. David gave me some opportunities to be in the room with certain people, to be on platforms speaking on certain areas and yeah, certain arenas yeah. that some people wouldn't have took the chance, mm-hmm. right? And I have to look at it for what it is because even to this day, David ain't never, or Kendall, ain't never got to the point where they just forgot about you. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? To this day, David will still say stuff to me like, yo, I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. Like, I see you still working. Yeah. And I remember David always talks about this one thing, like, are you the type of person that's still singing the same song? Mm. My song ain't never changed. Right, right, right. I'm still the same truly inspired Martin I was then, but my message is getting stronger. Mm-hmm. I'm getting more clear. I'm reaching who I'm supposed to reach. But nobody can turn around and say, oh, you still speaking? I right. thought you was... Uh, n- no. Mm. There is no... This is it. Yeah. This is it. I don't have a plan B. Yeah. There's other stuff that I do that is also attached to my plan A. Yeah. I think a lot of times people are just looking to go in all these different directions, but if your plan A is what it is, yeah. and there is no other option, right, everything right. that you do should be connected to mm-hmm. plan A. It right, shouldn't right, look right. like you all over the place. Yeah. So, I just want to shout them out because I really think that yeah. sometimes we don't pay homage to the people that really brought us or not, not even brought us to where we are, but just mm-hmm. took su- took the time yeah. to reach back and bring mm-hmm. you forward. Yeah. And th- and that also has to do with the relationships. That's all it. I did That's was it. I'm always around yeah. serving. I, and and it's it. a gen- it's a genuine characteristic mm-hmm. inside yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like, oh, let me go ahead and do every, this so I can get. Everybody got that. Nah. Everybody don't have that. You know, I just, I really just want to help. And that's how I got in position. I just like I've been helping my whole life. But I get that from my father. My yeah. father is always just wanting to help. Me. Never take no money from people. You just want to help, and that's something that he instilled in me. Yo, just just help people. That's what we want. To, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And you know, I was helping at church, and how I got started in entrepreneurship was my um my dude um Daryl Dot Scriven. Okay. He was an entrepreneur, um, and he saw something in me. I was just, I was just blogging, just encouraging people just to blog. And he go turn that to a book, mm. and that's how my first book got started. Yo, start speaking. So it's like you know, like you said, paying homage to the people who put you on. 
And I appreciate that, Dan. Definitely thank you for having me on. So how can they find you? Where can they get this book that's coming soon? I can be found. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you bring your fans in your pocket. This is why. Yes. <laughs> like, nah. <laughs> Y'all know I'm a whole fool. All right. Yeah. So you can catch me on Instagram at Truly Inspired Martin. Facebook, Truly Inspired Martin. IG, eh, I be on there. Uh, okay. Not really. Not IG, oh, Twitter. Oh, don't hate on Twitter. I love Twitter. I love IG. I love Facebook. Twitter, I can't really get with. I love Twitter. Maybe you need to teach me how to Twitter correctly. Cause Twitter correctly. Tweet, tweet, tweet. tweet. <laughs> <laughs> sure, how, how to work that, that damn Twitter thing? How do you work that damn Twitter? <laughs> that damn Twitter? Because I remember when Periscope used to be popping, all these different stuff. Yeah, so I'm yeah, like, it's yeah. too much. Duh. Periscope's still popping, though. Is it? Low-key, like, my homegirl still be sending me Periscope videos. Periscope? Yeah. Child. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's still a thing. So yeah. I'm still on there then, I guess. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, IG, Facebook, um, any bookings, booking at truly at it's truly inspired martin.com. The book is going to be dropping pre orders in September. Right, so right, super excited about that. Finally, man, man. It's a process. Man, it's a process. And you talk about me being in and out of uh, employment. <laughs> it's a process. Still dropping a book. Still dropping because resilience is the only thing that's going to push you through life. Word. If you don't know how to push through when things hit the fan, you ain't going to know how to handle business. You're not going to know how to handle relationships. You're not going to know how to handle nothing. Because my relationship ain't easy. Mm. My business ain't easy. My life has not been easy. Yeah. I have medical issues that I deal with literally every day. Yeah, but yeah. there's something about you learning how to push through regardless. Because if you keep handling situations the same way you've handled them in the past, you're not learning the lesson. Mm. And if you keep handling them the same way, you're going to end up back in the same place. So a lot of people are not learning how to just get up out of neutral. Mm. So you got to make a move. So drive forward. At least when you go forward, you can go left, right, side, yeah, yeah, however yeah. you're going to go. But you got to make a move. And that's how I literally move every day. And just knowing in my mind that I got to move. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was going to say close this out, but I believe you just did. Oh, of course. <laughs> 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 Mic drop. Hello. But definitely appreciate you having a listen. This is Living Blessed, the podcast, the story of the overcomer. You just heard the story of Baina, truly inspired Martin. Be sure to check her out at www.itstrulyinspiredmartin.com. And there you have it, folks. It's your girl. Woo! Sorry, that was that. <laughs>